Matthew chapter 6, a little bit of background for you. Um, Chapters 5, 6, and 7, this is the passage of Scripture where Jesus is uh, teaching his disciples. It's it's not specifically the 12 disciples, but it's really those who followed Jesus. Um, Jesus was speaking to the multitude, and he sought kind of, refuge from the crowd and he went up to the to to some hills that were along the sea of Galilee it was in northern Israel and he taught a a message which we know as the sermon on the mount the sermon on the mount is known as perhaps one of the most famous sermons ever given by anyone in chapter 5 the focus is on the inner attitudes of man we know that uh, it's called the Beatitudes or the quote-unquote Beatitudes. It's, the, it's speaking of the attitudes that believers should have, the character traits of Christians. And in chapter 6, Jesus discusses our outward activities. He talks a little bit about um, our, chariter, our charitable deeds, our motivations, and what we do for the Lord and how they should be pleasing to God. We shouldn't be seeking to, to please man. Jesus talked about hypocrisy. He used the examples of prayer and fasting. And he also gave a model prayer. Really what he was talking about is about setting our hearts on heaven rather than focusing on our efforts and energies, our, our efforts and energies, excuse me, and the things of this world. So, Pick up with me here in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus speaking. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to, the, to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, Jesus says, Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Lord, we truly do desire to see you lifted up. We desire desire to see you glorified, Father, magnified, Lord. Father, you deserve all praise, honor, and glory. And as we come to this passage of uh, Scripture, of your word tonight, God, I pray that by your Spirit, Lord, you would just minister to each of our hearts, Lord. 
through your truth. Lord, through the things that I have to share, Father, I just pray, Lord, that uh, ultimately, Lord, uh, it would be you uh, speaking to our hearts, Father. Lord, show us that we do truly have victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, as you can see from the passage, we see a, a common theme. And that theme is about worry. We live in a world that is changing constantly. I mean, chances are we leave here tonight and we'll hear of, we'll hear or we'll read about someone's life who has been significantly altered or, or disturbed in some way. Uh, social media and technology make this a lot more obvious in our culture today. We see it in our Facebook feeds. We hear about it on the news. We read about it in the morning paper. They do still have morning paper, do they? I think so. <laughs> but the fact is, around, around us and in people's lives, things are always changing. Sometimes it's a major event. Sometimes it's just minor but the fact of the matter is our lives are filled with change. So my question to you tonight is how does change affect you? How do you deal with it? How do you deal with a life that is ever encountering constant changes? You know, we look at the world that we live in. It's important that we have perspective. Number one, we know that as believers, this world is not, we're home, not our home. We're just passing through. But I think on a, on a human level, we see the world that we live in. We see everything that's going on around us. We see the reality of, of this life, how things are in a constant uh, state of decay, how things are dying around us. That's, that's, that's the reality of it. You know, we hear of... Um, natural disasters, you know, whether it's earthquakes here in Southern California or earthquakes around the world. We know there are tornadoes. There are, you know, fires where property is destroyed. Lives are lost. These are all external factors that can bring worry. They could bring fear of when or where will this happen next. And then there's the change that's brought about by man. You know, as in our lives, we encounter difficulties. We, we face difficult times. That's going to be a given for, for us as believers. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You know, do not count it strange when you encounter various trials. They're to be expected, so don't be surprised when things get tough. And then there's the things that are all around us going on in our world. There's the threat of war, rumors of war, even nuclear war. We see countries like South Korea or North Korea. We see countries like Iran with the, have the capabilities of nuclear power. You know, we see the, the Middle East, the, the powder keg that it is, just everything that is going on, everything that I would hope that if you're a believer here tonight and you read your Bible, you know that the Bible foretells these things. But 
all the endless troubles that are around our world, the threats of, of ISIS. You know, these things, the senseless violence is everywhere. We know just this past Monday, we heard of yet another terror attack that occurred in Manchester, England at an Ariana Grande concert of all places. Here is a concert filled with young people, thousands of young people, 22 people lost their lives. 22 people who went out that day, probably just filled with excitement that they were going to be able to go see, you know, this, this young pop star. And yet, they never, they never got to, to get in their car to go home. Some of, these, some of those who, who lost their lives were children as, as young as eight years old. Senseless. But that's the violence that fills our world. And then there's problems in our own lives. You know, personally, relationally. Things that we try to battle against on a day-to-day basis. Things that we try to have the answer for. Problems that we try to solve ourselves. Every day we face pressures in life. Perhaps it's vocational. It could have to do with our work or with our career. Maybe on the job you're, you're facing um, a trial. You know, maybe there's some uncertainty in some way, in, in some way shape, or form with, with your job. Maybe it's in school. For those of you that are in school, maybe you're not performing to the level that you expect yourself to perform. Maybe you're, you're just not, things are, are just not connecting for you. Those are things that can burden our hearts, things that could cause us to fear, cause us to worry. It might be a financial issue. You know, we look at that bank account and we just, oh, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to make ends meet this month? You know, it, it could be a family issue. It could be health. Whatever the problem is, it's a problem. And it's causing pressure in your life. So, what comes out of these problems? Well, I know for all of us, it increases our faith, right? It's just, man, it gives us so much faith and we're, we're mighty to stand in Jesus. None of us are moved by any of our circumstances. If you can honestly answer that, <laughs> that's great. Sometimes we can, but a lot of times it's, it's contrary. I think the majority probably have this answer, you know, Out of our problems come fear, worry, loss of hope, discouragement. You know, we allow the thoughts in our minds to take root and we build a, you know, (laughs) this huge mountain out of a molehill and our problems seem to grow. There's an anonymous quote. It says, worry is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. You know, that, that quote, it makes light of worry. But I believe that worry is a much more serious issue that we as believers deal with, and it's something that we have to deal with. Here's, here's something that I found is that worries, they're not, they're not certainties. If anything, they're a possibility. The things that we worry about, 
Can they come true? Sure, they can. But I think most of our worries, they never, ever come true. Most of them don't. They're just possibilities. Um, should we prepare ourselves for these things, for our worries? Yeah, I mean, there, I think there's some wisdom in that. But if there's anything that we should prepare ourselves for, if there's one certainty that we know is going to happen in our life, that's eternity. We need to be preparing ourselves for eternity and preparing our minds to live this life in the way that God has for us. You know, this is, you know, God has, has given us an abundant life in Jesus Christ. And part of that abundance is having freedom. It's having joy. And I know for some people who are bound by their worries, there's, there's no joy. I've been there. I've been in their shoes before. Verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? A similar encouragement is delivered by the Apostle Paul. He says in Philippians 4, 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, like Jesus, the Apostle Paul had a great concern for for the believers, for, for the brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul desired that these that the Philippian believers would have an unwavering faith, that they would uh, stand strong in what, they, in what they believed, that they would have a maturity about them. You know, and, you know, it's important to consider because as believers, the world is, is watching us. They're watching how we react, how we, re- how we respond to our problems. We're to be a light and example to the world. We're to have a spiritual stability, especially when things get tough. And so for us today, how can we be unwavering in our faith? In Romans, Paul prayed in Romans fifteen thirteen. he said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Back to verse 25, where he says, do not be anxious. The word anxious, the meaning of that word means to be troubled with cares. It's used multiple times in the passage. Um, really, it's not like an excitement type of anxious, but it's a kind of, strangling effect that it has on a person's life. And that comes from our circumstances. It comes from our fears and from our worries. Jesus said, do not be anxious about your life. He said, not to worry about these things, not to be weighed down or troubled by the cares of this world. I mean, you know, we, we all worry. I mean, does this verse mean that we shouldn't care at all 
about what we wear or about what we eat? Not necessarily. Does it mean that you know we shouldn't uh, concern ourselves with maybe monetary issues or investments or be concerned with our futures, with our bodies? The answer is no. The point is is that we are to take no anxious thought. As I mentioned earlier, that the word worry it literally means to strangle. So. The point Jesus is making here is that worry can become a distraction. It can take our eyes and our hearts off of Jesus. And it begins to move our trust away from God. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. You know, what point does a worry become a distraction? And at what point does it begin to move our trust away from God? I mean, research shows that worry is not healthy for our bodies. Not only our physical bodies, but also our mental health. You know, there's mental illness, physical Ill- illness that are all directly wor- related to worry and stress. Um, many people turn and they start to abuse Uh, alcohol or drugs, drug addiction. These are all things that are symptomatic of worry. And because of worry, a lot of us, a lot of people, will make foolish life decisions. It's because of worry that people will try to take control of the circumstances in their own lives, seeing that, you know, okay, (laughs) this calls for action. I got to do something about it. And guess what? We end up making things worse a lot of the times. And a lot of times we incur painful consequences. Worry can be devastating. You know, I think in effect, when we do that, you know, we're we're telling God that we don't trust him. It's with our actions that, that we're doing that. You know, just on Sunday, Pastor Dennis, you know, he out of Joshua chapter 3 and he said that God has called us to trust him that God is in control that we need to allow God to work for you see in this life we're going to have trouble there's going to be uncertainties you know the unknown the constant change that, that's around us he said that God provides bridges all along the way that's so true it's been said that faith is the identifying mark of the Christian. Every day is an opportunity. Every day is a day that we can trust in him. Isaiah 26.3 says that you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Jesus goes on to say, he said, is life is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Well, the answer is yes. Life is more than food. We are more than just animals. I mean, animals only think about their physical needs. But we, having a spirit and soul, have spiritual needs. We have eternal matters to pursue. So yes, life is more than food. It is more than clothing. Jesus said in verse 26, Look at the birds of the air. They neither, sow, they, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, 
and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Sunday, when I got home from church, as I walked into my door, I could see a a direct shot into our backyard through our slider glass window. And I noticed that the bird feeder in the backyard is, is empty. That's the bird feeders that I have out there for, for the hummingbirds. You know, I have a special nectar summer and winter blend that I make for my little hummers. And right away, you know, I see that, that thing's empty. And right away, I'm like, oh, gosh, I forgot to fill it up. What are these birds going to do? They must be, I mean, it was hot, number one. It was like 95 degrees on Sunday. And I'm like, man, they're, they're probably thirsty. They're probably looking for food, and they're relying on my, my nectar. You know, I, I've kind of taken up the responsibility of, of catering to our neighborhood hummingbirds. You know, I, I started making batches of, of nectar to feed my birds. I think we had more bottles of nectar in our refrigerator than we did drink. <laughs> but, you know, I, I kind of became fascinated just with the hummingbirds. I was watching a YouTube video one afternoon, and... I saw just how personable that these little creatures can be. If you hold out the food, they'll literally land in your hand. And um, I think if anything, I might be kind of spoiling them. I'm treating them more as a pet. <laughs> I know they're not a pet, but it's just the beauty that I, that I see. It kind of allows an escape and just allows me really to, you know, I, I think of, of how God, it's just how he created these animals. And he is the one who ultimately you know, is providing the food sources for these birds. They don't, they don't need my, my nectar. But I tell you what, they sure do get spoiled, and they drink a whole lot of nectar. I, and they, they had, I think I read something about their memory. I mean, they remember every single food source that they visit, and they fly so fast, just like, beep, boom, boom, boom. And yeah, every day, you know, at a certain time in the afternoon, they'll, they'll come to feed. Um, they're a little picky, too, because they, they do have their preferences over the types, types of feeders that I put out there and, you know, the, the amount of sweet sh- of sugar that I put in. But, you know, nonetheless, <clears throat> the hummingbirds are not pets. The birds of the air, they're provided for and taken care of by God. Do the birds worry? Well, the answer is no. Sometimes I think they might be worrying. (laughs) When's Jake going to get home from work? (laughs) But uh, that's what goes through my mind. But but you see, in the same way, we're to expect that God would truly take care of us. We're not to fill our time with worrying, with being troubled by things like, what am I going to put on the table? What am I going to eat? You know. Instead, know that our Father in Heaven knows that we have need of these things. And just like these little birds are taken care of, Jesus says, are you not of more value than they? You know, a lot of the worry that we carry in our lives is over material things. You know, food, drink, clothing. But we have to understand how much God cares for us. 
He says, Jesus says in verse 27, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? What does worrying even accomplish? Nothing. We add nothing to our life by worrying. It's a self-defeating and useless thing to do. You know, our worry is always... It's always about the future. It's always about tomorrow and not today, right? A lot of us worry about the future, our own future, the future of our children, especially with the things that I talked about earlier, you know, just the things that are going on in this world. Verse 28, Jesus says, And why are you anxious about clothing? He says, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? The lilies of the field, how they grow. Um, we live kind of up in the Sycamore Canyon, Canyon Crest area of Riverside. And, I mean, one thing I love about the springtime is the hills, they just get so green. I mean, just plush. Pretty amazing. You know, just the green, tall grass, the wildflowers everywhere. You know, it's just a very beautiful place to to be around here in Riverside. You know, January, February, March, springtime, after the rains, you know, the grass and the lilies of the field were, they were alive. But come May, June, July, the summer months, brown. Desolate. It's an oven. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, a picture of how, you know, at one point they're alive, alive, sprouting with life, and the next they 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 die and they wither. But it's, yeah, it's a cycle. Um, and God and Jesus says, "Will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith?" You know, considering the birds of the air, considering the lilies, the grass of the field. We have our burdens. Call it what you want. Our burdens, our fears, our our worries, our cross to bear. The results are still the same. It pulls us apart. Worry pulls us apart. It tears us apart from the inside. And Jesus says that this worry is not right. It's not okay. Oh, you of little faith, Jesus says to those who worry. He tells us not to do it. It pulls us away from focusing on what the Lord would have for us. You know, it causes us to focus on our circumstances and not on what God's truths would have to say for our lives. 
It is that little faith that hinders God from working in your life and in my life. You know, God has a great plan for you. He loves and cares for you so much. You, could, you see it by just reading his word and the promises that he has. If only we would yield to him and live for his riches that will last forever. The riches, the spiritual blessings that are meant for us today, in this life, on this earth, as we are just passing through. Ephesians says that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. We, are, we have an inheritance. We are heirs with Jesus Christ. But yet there's our worry robbing us of our joy. Robbing us of the effectiveness that we could have in this life. 1 Peter 5.7 It says to cast all your anxieties on him. Because he cares for you. Casting all of our cares upon him. There's that word again, cares, anxieties, troubles. This is something that we're to keep doing over and over and over again. Casting, that word casting in the Strong's Concordance, it says um, it means to throw upon or to place upon. So what are we to throw upon the Lord? What are we to place upon him? Our burdens. It wasn't meant for us to carry. All of our anxieties to be cast upon him. The Greek word for care, it means to be drawn in all different directions. Because he cares for you. God has an interest in your life, in my life. He loves you so much. Verse 31, Jesus says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Jesus says, Do not be anxious. He tells them, you know, he tells the the disciples, I don't know what his tone of voice was, but (laughs) he's saying, Stop it, guys. Quit it. He says in verse 32, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. You see, Jesus compares the life of those who do not know God, the Gentiles, with those who know God and receive his loving care. You know, those who know God should seek after other things, meaning we shouldn't seek after what the Gentiles seek. What is that? food, drink, clothing. We shouldn't worry about that, those things. That's what the Gentiles worry about on a day-to-day basis. What are we going to do? What are we going to see? What are we going to entertain ourselves with today? God takes care of the very details of our lives, and so we're not to be anxious. Okay, so we're not to be anxious. So what are we to do? Well, let's look at verse 33. Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Simply put, 
simply said, Jesus says, put God's kingdom first. He will take care of the rest. Seek first the kingdom of God. And everything we're to do, we're to seek his kingdom first. You know, our our physical well-being, it's really not worthy to devote our lives to. We, our bodies are dying. They're, I mean, that's the reality of it. Sometimes it's hard to accept, especially when you're young and you're vibrant and you know that God has a plan for you and that you want to walk in his plan and you want to do great things for the Lord. And But as your body, as you start to get older, you start to see the wear and the effects of our human nature, of our flesh, how it is withering. And as you get a little bit older and, you know, the... The years start to pass, and it's like, wow, time does fly by. But we're to concern ourselves with the things that are spiritual. And we do that by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you, he says. Really, it's an everyday choice that we have to make. What are you going to do? Are you going to seek after the things of this world, or are you going to seek first the kingdom of God? Verse 34, Jesus says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Again, don't worry about the future. The future is going to have its share of problems. They're going to have a way of working themselves out over time. Just deal with them as they come on a day-to-day basis. There's no way that we can solve these things in advance. Most of, these, most of our worry is over things that we have absolutely no control over with anyways. So it's foolish to worry. And ultimately, it could be harmful. You know, one thing that we have to live in is Lamentations 3.23. It tells us that His mercies are new every morning. That's what we have to live in. Live in the present. You know, God will feed us just as he did the children of Israel with just enough manna for the day. His grace is sufficient. Verse 34, he says, sufficient for the day is its own own trouble. So we have to understand that God is going to give us the strength He's going to supply the need one day at a time. In Philippians 4.13, Paul wrote, One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what lies behind. Whoever we were before we came to Christ, whether we grew up outside of the church or whether we grew up in the church, at one point we were on the outside. And at one point we believed and we have faith in God. We're to press forward day by day. Another quote from Sunday, I was taking notes. 
from Dennis, Pastor Dennis. Um, this is kind of funny. I, I, when I introduced him, I said, uh, please welcome Pastor Dennis Rosales. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody caught that. <laughs> it's Dennis Morales. <laughs> I was thinking of David Rosales, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, he, one thing he said is, you know, how, you know, there's going to be uncertainty. And there, there's a value in having uncertainty. You know, we don't know how each day is going to unfold what events are going to happen in our lives. But you see, the value in that is the dependence that creates. What, what dependence is that? That's de- having dependence upon God. It forces us to put our trust in God as our hope is in Him. It's not wishful thinking. Believing is the result of faith. Romans ten seventeen. so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. In John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Going back to what Paul encouraged the believers with in, in Philippians 4, you know, he said not to be anxious about anything, but in everything. What are we to do? Pray. Pray, make supplication with what? With thanksgiving in our hearts. We're to let our requests we're to pour out our hearts to God. Let, let Him know what you know. What are what's what's on our heart? What are we worried about? Cast our cares upon Him, for He cares for us. You know, I was reminded of the verse that Eric shared last week, First John five fourteen fifteen. He says, "This is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us." And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. This is the confidence that we can go boldly into the very presence of God, into his throne of grace, and that he hears our prayers. The God who created the heavens and the earth, he hears the prayers of his children. He already knows. He already knows what's burdening your soul. He already knows what's bringing you discouragement. But he wants you to depend upon him. He wants you to trust in him. I love that verse in Philippians 4, 6, where it talks about how the peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts. He will guard our hearts from the cares, the anxieties, the worries, the fears. You know that the word guard in the Greek, it means to stand guard. It's a military term used of soldiers who are standing guard on duty. This picture would have been very familiar to the Philippian believers as there were Roman troops that were stationed throughout their city to protect the interests of Rome in that part of the world. So 
Just as the soldiers guard and protect a city, so God's peace guards. It puts a garrison protecting believers who confidently put their trust in him. You know, let me tell you a little bit about this peace. It's a supernatural peace. And it's a peace that I believe God wants all of us to experience. It transcends our own human understanding. It's superior to our own solutions. You know, watching my, my little daughter as she grows, she has fears. She has worries. And I think it was Sunday night or, or Monday night, you know, we try to, to have a family devotion every night of the week as, you know, as, as much as possible. And so we go through a book, and we'll just spend time in it. Whether it's one verse or whether it's ten verses, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 30 minutes. The bottom line is we make it a point to get into the Word of God. We want to have God's Word in our lives on a day-to-day basis. You know, and so every day, you know, we're sharing God's truth, and I'm seeing, you know, God, how he is teaching my little girl. She's six years old now. And I'm seeing how just, you know, she's starting to to grow just in her faith and, and understanding of, of who God is. Well, uh, it was on Sunday when she was, she was just terrified to sleep in her bed by herself. Um, this has been a challenge for us uh, in, in just in our, in our family. You know, just she's had a lot of fear, you know, just being alone and being away from, from mama or from dada. And... Um, you know, we're we're trying to make it a point for her to to sleep in her bed alone, you know, and stay there throughout the night. And it's, it's quite it's it's quite a challenge, and it's hard to see when they have fear because you want to be there with them, you want to be there right there at their side and console them and comfort them and love on them. And for the last week or so, I'd been sharing Psalm ninety one. We've been we've been reading through it. The entire psalm, we'd read through it, and then I would have her read it, and she would repeat like a verse at a time, and then I would reread it to her, but insert her name as the promises applied directly to her, as God is our refuge, how He is our shield, how He will deliver us from the terror of the night. You know, just trying to make it more personal, trying to make it more applicable to her, so. Sunday night, it was getting late, and I was, or it was Monday night, I'm not sure what night it was, but I was ready to go to bed, and she, she just did not want to go to bed. And so I prayed with her, then my wife took her to bed and went and prayed with her. And then I was in and out of sleep, and then I could hear my daughter in the other room praying out loud. I could hear her just reciting Psalm 91. It, it was amazing. And it, it, I wanted to cry right there in my bed because it was just, it was, it brought tears of, it, it just, it brought joy to my heart to hear how, wow, God's really, really speaking to her. She's really learning his truths and his promises for her life. And she's learning to apply these things in this situation. And 
as she began to do those things, I truly believe that as she was reciting God's truth, that his peace that surpasses all understanding, right there at that time, that's what helped her. He met her need. And within a few minutes later, she was, she was asleep. And we rejoice in that because that's what God has for each of us. It's the truth of his word to absorb it, to take it in, to read it, to study God's word and to learn from it and to apply it into our very lives. And when, we'll do, and when we do this, we're going to be able to experience the blessings of his perfect peace. And we're going to have a confidence for the future that's in front of us, no matter what happens. You know, Satan, oh, he wants to rob you of your joy. He wants to, to kill, steal, and destroy our very lives. He wants to rob us of the blessings that God would have for, for us. But be assured, God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. My encouragement to you tonight is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. If we have faith in our Father and put him first, he's going to meet our needs and then will we be able to experience victory in our lives. And in this context, we'll be able to have victory over worry, trusting God to meet our needs, knowing his promises, knowing that he cares for you and for me as his children, putting him first in our lives so that he may be glorified. Amen. Father God, Lord, we are just so grateful for who you are. Lord, we ask you for forgiveness tonight, Lord, if any of us, Lord, have been uh, overcome or have been strangled, Lord, by our own worries or fears, the things of this world, the troubles, Lord, our circumstances, whatever they may be, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would show us that you are greater. Father, that we have victory in, in you. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here tonight, Father, and they're dealing with this kind of worry, Father, Lord, that you would just uh, cause them, Lord, to depend upon you. Lord, that they would seek you and just draw closer to you, that they would just go to your word, Lord, and find comfort, find refuge. And Father, that you would deliver them, that you would bring victory, Lord, in their heart and in their lives. So we just thank you, Lord, for loving us. And we pray, Lord, that as we go our ways, Father, that we would just be in remembrance, Lord, of just the amazing sacrifice that you've uh, that you've done for us, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.